So we don't have a whole lot more to read, but where we left off was the middle of the chapter, the 10th Tuesday, where we talk about marriage. And if you recall, um, I can't remember names here, Mitch brought his wife Janine to meet Maury, and Maury was obviously thrilled because he likes that type of thing. And he found out that Janine's a professional singer. He asked her to sing something for him, which Mitch thought that he wouldn't, or she wouldn't, but she agreed to. And um, he last thing that he said was, in all the years I've listened to my wife sing, I have never heard her the way he did at that moment. And that's where we left off. So I'll pick up from there. There's not much left in this chapter, so this one won't be very long. <clears throat> Marriage. Almost everyone I knew had a problem with it. Some had problems getting into it. Some had problems getting out. My generation seemed to struggle with the commitment, as if it were an alligator from some murky swamp. I had gotten used to attending weddings, congratulating the couple, and feeling only a mild surprise when I saw the groom a few years later sitting in a restaurant with a younger woman whom he introduced as a friend. Well, you know I'm separated from so-and-so, he would say. Why do we have such problems? I asked Maury about this. Having waited seven years before I proposed to Janine, I wondered if people my age were being more careful than those who came before us, or simply more selfish. <clears throat> well, I feel sorry for your generation, Maury said. In this culture, it's so important to find a loving relationship with someone, because so much of the culture does not give you that. But the poor kids today, either they're too selfish to take part in a real loving relationship, or they rush into marriage, and then six months later, they get divorced. They don't know what they want in a partner. They don't know who they are themselves, so how can they know who they're marrying? He sighed. Maury had counseled so many unhappy lovers in his years as a professor. It's sad because a loved one is so important. You realize that, especially when you're in a time like I am, when you're not doing so well. Friends are great, but friends are not going to be here on a night when you're coughing and can't sleep, and someone has to sit up all night with you, comfort you, try to be helpful. Charlotte and Maury, who met as students, had been married 44 years. I watched them together now, when she would remind him of his medication, or come in and stroke his neck, or talk about one of their sons. They worked as a team, often needing no more than a silent glance to understand what the other was thinking. Charlotte was a private person, different from Maury, but I knew how much he respected her, because sometimes when we spoke, he would say, Charlotte might be uncomfortable with me revealing that and he would end the conversation. It was the only time Maury held anything back. I've learned this much about marriage, he said now. You get tested. You find out who you are, who the other person is, and how you accommodate or don't. Is there some kind of rule to know if a marriage is going to work? Maury smiled. Things are not that simple, Mitch. I know. Still, he said, there are a few rules I know to be true about love and marriage. If you don't respect the other person, you're going to have a lot of trouble. If you don't know how to compromise, you're going to have a lot of trouble. If you can't talk openly about what goes on between you, you're going to have a lot of trouble. And if you don't have a common set of values in life, you're going to have a lot of trouble. Your values must be alike. And the biggest one of those values, Mitch? Yes. Your belief in the importance of your marriage. He sniffed, then closed his eyes for a moment. Personally, he sighed, his eyes still closed. I think marriage is a very important thing to do, and you're missing a hell of a lot if you don't try it. 
He ended the subject by quoting the poem he believed in like a prayer, love each other or perish. Okay, question, I say to Maury. His bony fingers hold his glasses around his, across his chest, which rises and falls with each labored breath. What's the question, he says. Remember the book of Job from the Bible? Right. Job is a good man, but God makes him suffer to test his faith. I remember. Takes away everything he has. His house, his money, his family, his health. Makes him sick to test his faith. Right, to test his faith. So I'm wondering, well, what are you wondering? What do you think about that? Maury coughs violently. His hands quiver as he drops him by his side. I think, he says, smiling, God overdid it.